welcome to Between Sundays, the coronavirus special episode. I'm Tyler, and I'm locked down in the bowels of grace because the pod must go on. We're going to touch on last week's sermon about foot washing and how we absolutely don't recommend that today during this time. But before we dig into <laughs> what in the world is going on in the world, let's now, now that they've self-quarantined, let's welcome in our favorite brave co-hosts, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. You. We good, were talking earlier about trying to thread the needle. Yeah, I nailed of, it. <laughs> of of humor and somber reality. Yeah. Uh, good job, Tyler. All right. So that was a, that was here, good. here, pod friends of the pod. <laughs> by now, you should know. My well, I've been I'm I've been honest about my anxiety. All right. Yeah. On this show. Yeah. So you should know. I take. What is going on? Very, very seriously. And actually, my medication's running out, oh. and I'm actually a little bit nervous about that. But my anxiety's been through the roof. So one way I deal with stuff like this is just humor. A little bit of humor. No, bit, a yeah. lot of bit we're, of humor. We're, we're going to do a little bit of humor. I think a lot of people are doing that. Yeah. I have seen some brilliant, uh, humorous takes on not just the virus itself, but like what is happening in our world. Yeah. The lack yeah. of toilet yeah. paper all around. Humor. Yeah. So it's what we need. Coronavirus. It's a thing now. Yeah, it's everywhere. Um, well, let's, yeah. let's see for anyone who's listening to this in the future. <laughs> here's where we are right now. We are. What is today? It's the 17th of March. We it's my birthday. Have Yay! are now <laughs> the CDC has made recommendations and the White House has made recommendations that restrict gatherings to what? Five people? 50? <laughs> 50. 10. 50. Well, 50. The CDC no, no, no. said 50. White House came White out House said 10. 10. And so, and we don't know what's coming next. We don't know if there's going to be a bigger like quarantine or lockdown or what. So who knows? You'll know listening to this better than we do. Yeah. What, what so is this is already next. dated. And information yeah. is coming out so rapid fire All the time. fast. Yeah. It's hard to keep up with. Yeah. So, so we just finished our first services without having the congregation gather. We did it all via live stream. I thought it went great for I mean, having to make those kinds of adjustments at the very last minute, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, we're in this new era where we're trying to figure out how to do church when you can't actually be present. So let's go back because we didn't do a show last week. Oh right. yeah. So let's yeah. go back all the way, which feels like years ago <laughs> to last week. Yeah. Barry and I were on a leadership retreat for this church to talk That's about right. like, what are we going to do in the next 12 months? Like, how do we lead this church forward yeah. into the future? Marin, I don't know what you were doing, but. Let's go back to there to be like, I want to know when you guys started taking this, this Corona thing seriously, because for me, I hate to say it, but it wasn't until like Tom Hanks. Oh my goodness. That was, that was after our retreat. No, that was on the retreat. Was it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, so you were on the retreat while I was getting kind of hints or it, I, I don't think it was official yet with the schools, but my kids would come home saying, yeah, thinking they're going to cancel school. Yeah, yeah, that's the word on the street. So you, yeah. you guys were dealing with, yeah. how's our church going to respond? Yeah. I was dealing with two things. What will this do um, for my, well, three things I should say. I, of course, had a rehearsal scheduled for Thursday for Fishers to have a mm -hmm. church service. I had a band put together, but I had already scheduled myself off for last Sunday to take my father on a birthday trip to Cincinnati to the <laughs> yeah. to Cleveland to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How'd that so go? those were the three things I was juggling. Yeah. What 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 will happen with Fishers this weekend? How can I communicate the best? 
Mm-hmm. What will happen with my father and this trip that we've had planned for some time now? Lots of things were in motion. Had to find someone to had to find two different people who were willing to watch grandma just so I could take my dad away for yeah. like an overnight trip. Essentially, we were yeah. gone for two nights, really. Um, and then the kids school. So I was juggling those three things while y'all were on your lead team retreat. Yeah, I, I think I was taking it seriously. I was really paying attention to it as almost in more of an abstraction of like, wow, wouldn't it be crazy if this started to affect us the way it's affecting some of these other countries? But then it was while we were on our retreat, it seemed like every day, every time we took a break, we'd open up our phones and look to see what the latest thing was. And it was like, I just the, one of my vivid memories is of Tyler, of you again and again on the retreat being like, what's happening? Yeah, man. <laughs> you would just say that with Things whatever the latest. shut down left and right. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And so, I mean, it was on the retreat that we made our first decision to cancel a couple of events, but keep yeah. our weekend services. And then the next day we had to basically say, actually, based on what the state is recommending, we had to take another step and cancel our services, at least in yeah. person as well. So yeah, it's just been wild. That's the word I keep, I, it's just wild. It seems just completely out of left field. And uh, yeah. it's, we just, a uh, few moments ago, uh, friends of the pod, we just finished our first all virtual staff meeting where we had the whole staff log. Gird your loins. And we did, a, we did a virtual staff meeting. So it's all just uncharted territory. We're yeah. trying out new stuff. Yes. The virtual staff meeting was much like the live stream church service where you could comment and ask your questions mm-hmm. and kind of keep the conversation going, mm-hmm. but it worked. Uh, yeah. One thing out. this is going to suss out is... Uh, Sus? <laughs> yeah, go is ahead. that a word? It is it a word. Is a yeah. word. Okay. I just was surprised that the word choice. Yeah, it was a good word choice, <laughs> yeah. Tyler. Let's suss it out. What All are right. we sussing? One <laughs> of the things this is gonna suss out is uh, the people who may not be the most prepared for like a technological revolution. Look me in the eye, Tyler. <laughs> in the eyes. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> we're here to help, Marin. We're here to help. So one of the things that has become super clear to me is that one day I'm like trying to do potty training, (laughs) you know, hit or miss style. The next moment, the next like 24 hours, I got to be an expert in like crisis management. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's absolutely insane. Like I, I'm not the guy for crisis management. I don't know what we're doing. Like, we're, we're just people trying to have church. And so like, there's just been this, like yeah. all of a sudden this brand new weight of like people are looking to churches, yeah. grace church as like, tell us what to do. And we're a bunch of pastors. We're worship leaders. We're podcast hosts and we're doing our best. And yeah. uh, yeah, it's just been a brand new, brand new day of stuff. I mean, Barry, I want to hear what you think. Sorry to put you on the spot, but Go like, ahead. You're about to take over as senior pastor in a in a climate that is just like yeah anxious yeah and yeah how are you feeling like this is are you prepared for this like how what <laughs> no, what's going through I don't your think mind anyone's right now? totally prepared nobody could be prepared for this although I will say we've it hasn't been you know puppies and roses the last couple of years in this as I've been ramping up to this role we've been through some financial struggles as a church we've been going through. Uh, you know, a, a crisis of a different kind. Yeah. And so in a sense, I've learned on the job from those experiences 
to know a lot, at least a little bit more what to expect going into something like this. For yeah. example, I now know no matter what you say or what you decide, someone is going to be outraged about it mm-hmm. and that's okay. Just it's that, part that, of the job. You don't do make decisions to please everybody. You do you make decisions mm-hmm. to do what you feel is best for the mission of the organization, the health of your people. And so, but, but it's heavy. It is heavy for me. I mm-hmm. feel a responsibility, especially when we were still trying to decide whether we were going to cancel our services or not. Mm. I, I mean, imagine I'm thinking, okay, on one hand, if we cancel our services, are we threatening the mission of our organization? I, I mean, are we, right. are we taking away from the opportunity for the body of Christ to gather and, and do what we're here to do? But on the other hand, I'm thinking if we do gather and the disease spreads and someone who's that invulnerable who get, you know, gets it and dies. Like, am I responsible for that? So all of that weight and the responsibility I felt very heavily. And I was really grateful that we had our, our whole lead team and our whole staff basically as one, we were all working together on this. I didn't feel like it was, it's not up to me, but at the same time, I do feel that weight, you know, that weight of leadership. And like you said, everyone's looking to us, like what's going on? What are we going to do? What should we be thinking right now? What should we be feeling right now? So I, I just, I always just ask, you know, people for grace because we're doing our very best. And yeah, I mean, y- you can always trust that. I believe you can always trust the leaders of grace to act with integrity and with, uh, you know, at trying to be attuned to the spirit, but I can't guarantee that every decision we make is going to be the perfect one, but mm-hmm. we're doing our very best. So that's one thing is like this brand new weight that you're just like yeah. completely out of. And by the way, everybody has families and things that, you know, sure. Uh, that we all, all got to take care of, but all of a sudden we're we're kind of responsible for this new thing. So that's one one half of it. The other half is since decisions have been made, I've watched the staff kind of come together in ways that I was not expecting, and yeah. I've watched the people of Grace Church jump in headfirst in ways that like are brave, not safe, as we mm-hmm. as we say sometimes, but. It's been really uh, humbling and really awesome to watch, you know, my teams, other staff teams, uh, care center folks who are, you know, working hard in the care center to serve people, just like come together, just get to action to serve people. That's been really inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. I was at the care center last night um, helping as we've moved to uh, basically an all staff kind of um team being able to get food out to as many people as we can. Do you want to explain what, how, what the process is? Like what, how are people getting food? Yeah, that was incredible. I mean, the ability of our care center team to adapt, to think on their toes, to still be able to provide these much needed services, especially in these times, um, to be able to get food to people. It was incredible for one as a staff kind of volunteer thing now it's all staff people who may like myself not be used to working in the care center i don't know what to do right so for them to just receive this influx of like fresh green volunteers that have no idea how to do anything (laughs) but to be able to communicate clearly and put things in motion and put them in motion not in the way that they're used to doing them but in an entirely new way so I had worked the care center one time before, I think as part of my rooted group experience, Mm -hmm. uh, serving experience. And, you know, you walk um, our care center friends through this grocery area and you uh, help them with their food choices or they they choose the food and you just kind of help them through the process. Yeah, keep track of their Um, points. Yeah, yeah. all of that stuff. Well, 
with the changes being made and these restrictions in place, the care center friend can't enter the facility. Right. And so that was the biggest question was, well, how do we still allow them to choose their own food so that we're not just packing them a bag of things that they may or may not even need or want or dietary restrictions be able to eat. They need to be able to choose for themselves. So there was a way for our care center friends, I think online Mm -hmm. to submit an order um, of what they would need for that week. And there were, there was a team of grace staff indoors doing the shopping, pulling the food off the shelves and putting it into bags. And there was another team of grace staff ringing it up at the counters. And then my job was to then, um, get the refrigerated items, mm-hmm. put it in a cart, go outside, find the corresponding brown bag with the care center friend's name on it, put it in a cart. And mm. so it was just running, sure. running yeah. for hours. While the friends pull up in their cars. While the friends pull up there, it's a drive-in service. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were just, they never had to leave their car. That's they awesome. pulled up to the side of our building, got, you know, a week's worth of groceries and were on their way. Like it was incredible. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Yeah. It's awesome. I've been blown away at at that and just I'm super proud to be a part of a church that like cares about that I agree and it would be really the easiest thing is just to shut down yep that's the easiest thing sorry but, we can't this week yeah or yeah. we like we can't expose volunteers so we're just gonna, I mean we have no way to do it but instead we're like let's rally as a staff let's rally and let's do this and let's get it pulled off and uh obviously there's tweaks that need to continue to be made and we sure. need to like protect each other and stay healthy and all that stuff but and we've only done this one day so who knows like right. what what the long-term sustainability of this all is but in just a week and a half I've been super proud oh, yeah. of this church yeah, yeah, the, yeah the need not only has not gone away the need has increased for yeah. so many you know maybe part-time workers who were laid off their jobs because of schools closing and restaurants closing and, yeah. and things like that the need has only intensified and yeah. Instead of, like you said, instead of, you know, backing down or, or running away or having a really good excuse to not have this program in place. Yeah. Um, it's like our people have worked even harder to make it happen. And one of the cool things is that as we've been trying to message our, our vision behind some of the decisions that we've made, I've heard so much good feedback from people who are resonating with it. And what, what is interesting is a lot of organizations will, you know, you know, whatever your, your local bank, everybody's emailing you saying your health and safety is of our, is utmost importance to us. Yeah. And while that is important to us as grace, that's not the most important thing to us. The most important thing to us is protecting the vulnerable. Don't eat shrimp. Don't eat shrimp. (laughs) Heal the world. Like, so all that to say, we've been saying, no, we're doing all of this. We're not meeting. We're serving through the care center. We're doing it because we care about healing the world and we care about protecting the vulnerable. And people are like, right on. Yeah. I'm with you. That's why we're doing this, Mm -hmm. which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, as soon as you put a face on it, like, well, some people, as soon as you put a face on it, it makes sense. Like, I may not, I might, I might not suffer from, or my kids may not suffer from this thing, but my parents certainly might. Right. And so, what can I do to help protect them? And the best thing to do is kind of what we're doing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's pushing us to new levels of innovation in how we can still um, stay connected Mm -hmm. and how we can still be the church even when we can't meet in the building. I I think it's been reorienting even for the word church where so many of us in this culture have a tendency to see the church as the place we go to 
Right. And when we cannot go to there, <laughs> does the church <laughs> does the church still exist? Right. You know, so it is reorienting us to the truest meaning of the word church. How can we be the yeah. church? Mm. We still are the church. How can we be the church? And this has happened all throughout history. Whenever, you know, the going gets rough, the church really like is at its best. Mm. Always doubles mm. down and yeah. um, gets back to, you know, the fundamentals of what Christ has made us to be, Yeah, you know, yeah. servants to one another in the hard times and all that. We, uh, we're not doctors, the three of us. Not that I know of. Not yet. If you want information <laughs> on like what to do with yourself or like how to stay healthy, like this is not the pod for you, <laughs> but let's talk about how something like this is impacting church, like the church world. Like what are some of the things we have to think about in delivering whatever church is mm. to our congregation, but also to our community. Let's talk a little bit about how, like some of the decisions we're being faced with yeah. that are impacting the church. Cause this is not just happening, obviously to us, it's happening to churches all over the world, sure. uh, fi- trying to figure out these types of things. So let's talk about how something like a global pandemic impacts church. Let's. Well, I mean like Barry, what are some of the decisions you're, you're having, you're, you're getting faced with? Yeah. Well, Let's see. First of all, there's obviously the weekend worship service, which we've always, like you just said, we've always thought of it as a certain thing. It's it's kind of, you come to a church mm-hmm. and then people sing songs together and then you hear a message and you go home. It To have some of those assumptions called into question means you have to ask, wait, what is worship? Yeah. What is yeah. a worship service? What is, what is it that we're actually doing when we're coming together? And so you have to think through that. And if we're not able to be in the same space, then what do we do? to make sure that we're all able to have that shared experience, you know? So those are big questions yep. that we have to wrestle with. But Our lead team is meeting every day yep. through this time. And we literally had a conversation today, like what, what equals a worship service for Grace Church in this mm-hmm. time? Like, mm-hmm. what is, what does that look like? Yeah. What's the like bare bones version? What has to be included in a worship service? So yeah, that's one, yeah. one example yeah. of what we're talking about. And I think we're still innovating like moment by moment as mm-hmm. things change and as new ideas come up or, or whatever. My yeah. kids, my kids were super bummed, not about the weekend service. My kids were really bummed about merge. Yeah. What are we going to do without merge? Yeah. And I was able to tell them, well, I've been talking to a couple people and they say that they're, 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 they're innovating. They're trying to think of a way to still provide you with that specific community in this time of social distancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But of course, you know, worship services, that is not the totality of church, not even close. Church also involves shepherding and pastoring our people, caring for one another, meeting the needs of the poor and the marginalized. Like it, there's so much more. And so we have to start thinking, okay, what do we do in each of these different aspects of the church to make sure that we're, we're meeting the needs. So it's been interesting talking with even some of our pastors and associate pastors about how they are, shepherding people and how mm-hmm. they're working on doing, you know, FaceTime or Skype or, or Zoom meetings with people so they can yeah. have interactions and pray with one another. And, uh, you know, we started using this th- during the live stream of the service, there's a button you can press to have a pastor pray for you. And so we've got to have all the pastors who are available be online, ready to receive those prayer requests. And so they can mm-hmm. type out prayers and it's all very new. Um, we're actually looking for ways that we can be 
less reactive and more proactive in shepherding our people. And so one of the things we're talking about, which again, we don't have all the details nailed down at all, but we've, we've been talking about the possibility of doing some kind of a calling campaign where uh, everybody who's able to can start calling and checking in on people, especially those who are more isolated mm. or more vulnerable so that it's not just, oh, if they email us and tell us that they're really struggling, then we react. But we're actually saying, right. hey, we're going to set up, we're going to have a volunteer call you every day. If you yeah. want it, if you want it, we're going to call you every day to make sure you're doing okay and yeah. see what your needs are. Like that kind of thing, we need to think of that way to begin shepherding yeah. and caring for yeah. our people. One of the coolest things I just learned today was that our production team here has been in contact with another church that didn't have the means to live stream. And we were able to loan them a camera right. so that they could live stream their services as well. To me, that is like yeah. being the church. Yeah. That is being the church. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, we're, we, so far we're just talking about like practical needs, but we, I don't, I don't know that we, I mean, we definitely haven't seen the end of this, but all the economic impact that people will begin to experience, the need is only going up. Right. And so there's a, there's thousands of people at Grace Church who are like, how can I, how can I participate in this? And it's hard because it's, (laughs) the need is going way up. But the need also to like squash the virus yeah. is also going up. Yeah. And that unfortunately means like we don't have a lot of answers of how people can jump in right. and get their hands dirty right, right. now. Uh, we're trying to figure that out. But yeah, the, we know that the need is going up. And we also know that there are people that um, are, are interested in helping and we're trying to find ways yeah. for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And in the meantime, everybody like, check in on each other, love each other. I think it's so easy to be in the rhythms of, I know I'm going to see so-and-so this weekend at church. Well, you might not not. see them this week. So call them and be intentional about, um, just staying connected. Hmm. How Marin, other than merge, how are your kids processing this? Um, they're (laughs) e-learning currently, (laughs) like, Millions of children around the world right now are e-learning and that is not their thing. They're both very social, both very social. And I mean, just one more impact is, you know, Jaden's competitive season as a, you know, percussionist is, is over Their Their biggest competitions were canceled. I know that was the case for lots of sports and activities at the collegiate level and the high school level and all around. I mean, that is a devastation to people who have poured hours of their lives into these activities and now don't have a chance to to have their moment that moment maybe they've been waiting for their whole lives people's proms proms have gotten canceled canceled no senior prom all of that stuff so you know our 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 youth are feeling this in a unique way um my senior year of high school nothing catastrophic happened i had a quote-unquote normal senior year but there are so many others that this has really been devastating to my brother-in-law is a senior in college and he plays golf for his college. Just got a girlfriend, big ups. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> but all of a sudden it's coming cra- to a crashing halt. Like no more golf, po- probably no more competitive golf for the rest of his life. Yeah. Just like that. Just yeah. like that. Wow. No, no, you know, getting to be with your friends for right. the last few weeks of school. Yeah. Right. Uh, ever again, you know? And so, man, my heart goes out to that age group. That's just like, 
a not super impacted by this particular virus, but is also like carrying weight. Sure. You know, Their lives that. are being changed, yeah. even though they may not, yeah. you know, be at risk of death from the disease. Yeah. Wow. As we talk about broken places as often as we do isolation, which has mm. already been, you know, we talked so much about the uh, loneliness epidemic in this country. And now this happens and we're literally being told to isolate ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what that means to everyone, not just students. Um, again, as we talk about how can we get our hands dirty, so to speak, mm-hmm. what can we do? I think my heart just keeps going back to that, to that even if we must be physically separated from one another for a time, it doesn't mean we have to be isolated mm-hmm. from one another. Mm-hmm. So that student in your life, that child that you know that is super bummed out about his season being over or her season being over, you can reach out to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. One thing my wife is eager to do, unfortunately there's no flour in the grocery store. One thing she's eager to do, do is bake bread for everybody on our street mm-hmm. to just like drop it off at their door. Is that why you were shopping for yeah, flour the out, other day? I was out looking for flour and <laughs> you yeast. You casually mentioned that you were out yeah. there looking for flour and yeast. And Shelves like, are empty. What is he doing with flour? <laughs> yeah, I, got, I developed a habit over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, we were talking. By the way, we were talking beforehand about the fact that the uh, the grocery stores are running low on a lot of stuff, and I I made a little PSA that guess what? There's still plenty of tofu and uh, and tempeh. So uh, as a vegetarian, I can tell you we're going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, that insects don't have blood in them. <laughs> Is this now exclusively from that specific sermon by Tim? That's the only soundboard that matters anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, I was taking a drink. Um, okay. I don't, uh, Dave's not here, obviously. And actually, Dave's having surgery today. Yeah, so is. if you think about Dave, pray for him. It's a sinus deal. Yeah, he's having some sinus surgery. And from what I've heard, he's out of surgery. It went well. But that's the latest. I don't okay. know. It's going to be a pretty uncomfortable recovery. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I think it's going to help a lot. He's had some major sinus issues for a while now. Yeah. Uh, so he's not here to talk about a sermon. But I, what I wanted to do was kind of set the tone for the next few weeks in terms in terms of uh, what we're going to be talking about in, in our sermon series. Because, because of the nature of what we're going through as a culture and society right now, like we have to ask our question. Like we're asking questions like, are we going to do Easter? Like, what are we, what are we doing? And so big picture, I want to, I want to communicate what we hope to accomplish in communicating in the next few weeks over our sermon series. So let's just take a moment. The series is actually called in the moment. It's weird. Nobody's in the building, but the lights keep flashing. I don't Yeah. What's happening. (laughs) I don't know. Do you no guys way, see that? You have my full attention. It's okay. Keep going. Do you see that? No, I I keep noticing it, but I don't. Yeah. Like these light, all right, weird. <laughs> uh, so in the moment is what our sermon series is called. And uh, so Barry, can you kind of give us th- your idea behind the framework of this sermon series that will hopefully lead us into an Easter sermon, yeah. and Easter weekend? Yeah, so what, what we're doing is we're looking at the moments. I mean, that's why we get the name in the moment. Uh, the moments that led up to the death and the resurrection of Jesus, uh, moments and locations. So we're, we're doing the last supper in the upper room, the prayer in the garden, the, uh, betrayal and the, you know, the arrest of Jesus, the trial, 
Good Friday, we're looking at the crucifixion and then Easter, we'll be looking at the resurrection. But the, the twist on all of it is that we are looking at all of these moments through the eyes of Peter, the apostle Peter, which is just a, a way of kind of helping us not just think about these in abstractions, but to actually put ourselves in his yeah. shoes, to think through what these kinds of moments would have felt like and sounded like and smelled like, and just to really try to put ourselves there in that moment mm -hmm. um, to be able to understand much of the theological depth and the incredible uh, consequences of Jesus' uh, crucifixion. Yep. And so this past weekend, Dave spoke about the Last Supper, correct? Yes. And so one of the, uh, he's not here obviously to talk about it. I want to hear what your guys' main takeaways were. Yeah. But uh, the thing that stuck stuck out the most to me was because it's so timely, like this idea of Talon Basin yeah. and like he was talking about the physical or literal foot washing, but in a world where we're trying to figure out how to do like a version of foot washing for other people, what is the Talon Basin posture? So do you guys remember what the Talon Basin significance was or should I recap it? Do I remember what the towel and basin? Well, Dave, Dave said <laughs> we, we must take up a towel and basin posture as the church. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What's that mean? It means that we, okay. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, even though he was the rabbi, he was the leader of this group of people. He disrobed, took the position of a servant of a slave and he washed all of their feet and it was a dirty job. It was, uh, probably extremely uncomfortable for every one of them, mm -hmm. not just because it's, well, I guess it would have been probably a more of a normal thing to have your feet washed, but to have your feet washed by somebody more quote, unimportant, important than yeah. you would be really, really uncomfortable for them. And so dad walked us through that. And yeah. essentially for us to have that level of a posture towards our world would mean that we are willing to set aside our honor, our status, our hmm. dignity, even for the sake of serving others. Yeah. That's what Jesus told his disciples to do. He said, now that I've washed your feet, you must wash each other's feet. Yeah. And that was pretty much one of the final things that he commanded them to do uh, before his crucifixion. Yeah. It, it, he made the point, Dave made the point to say, this wasn't like a, a nice, pleasant moment. Hmm. He was making a social statement. Yeah. About what was happening. Whenever Dave puts something in the app notes. You know, it's serious. I feel like it's for <laughs> yeah. emphasis, right? So he said yeah. it and we can read it. He said, this was no sweet, tender moment. Yeah. Jesus was making a social statement, mounting a protest against individualism and self-protection. He says, you're no better than me. You do this too. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard this story a bajillion times in church. And I think in the climate in which Dave presented it this past weekend, mm -hmm. it just like came crashing into my life in a whole new way. Like, do I think I'm better than other people that need help? How mm -hmm. can I be the church? How can I symbolically f wash the feet of people who are experiencing real trouble right now? Yeah. Um, because it could very well be me mm -hmm. in, in a position that, has no has no way forward so to speak or no like answers and so do i really think i'm better no so how do i how do i do the talon basin posture uh for others right now yeah it was just a different way of thinking about it yeah um okay then he asks the question are you a jesus fanboy who faints when it gets tough are you or are you an insurgent 
who is with him, even if it kills you. And so he's talking about Peter. Yeah. And Peter is like, he's, what does he say? He says something like, I will never, even if I have to die with you, yeah, yeah. I'll never betray you. Yeah. And I'm G- talking more about that this week. Uh, a lot more about that this weekend. And Jesus is like, yeah, right. You're about to deny me three times. Right. Right. And so as Dave's talking about this, mm. I'm like, I would have, I would have done the exact same thing Peter did. Right. Like I would have been like, no way I'm with you. And then I probably mm. would have denied, denied him three times. But if Peter, I said this in the chat in one of the, one of the services, but Peter's the dude that walked on water. Right. Peter's the dude that the, he was the rock that church was built upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he denies Jesus three times, like, what am I going to do? What? Cut some dude's ear off. Yeah. Yeah. What am I going to do? So what did you guys think about that? Well, I've, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about this because it kind of is the overarching narrative of Peter's story. Uh, he re- He's in a sense, kind of the representative of the other disciples in the sense that in all his bluster, he is the one who truly lo- he loves Jesus absolutely loves Jesus but he doesn't understand himself yet he doesn't understand his own uh his own mentality his own weaknesses mm-hmm. he thinks that he's more loyal than he is he doesn't realize his own insecurities so i don't know i think he represents all the disciples and in a sense he represents all of us and so i've thought about that a lot uh it, this coming weekend i'm talking about the the prayer in the garden. And that's the part where, you know, they're in the garden of Gethsemane and Peter is there and he keeps falling asleep. And yeah. I mean, you get the sense, this was an epic, exhausting night. This would have been the middle of the night. I'd be falling asleep too. Yeah. Right. It's, but in mm. that moment, it's actually, I never realized it. I'll, we'll talk about this more next week. Uh, but in that moment in the garden, it's actually already beginning to uh, paint the picture that he's unable to be the loyal friend that Jesus needs in because his, he was falling asleep. Well, yeah, that's the, the way that, that the gospel writers frame it. He, hmm. he falls asleep three times. It's oh. almost a, it's a, a little foretaste, a yeah. hinting of the betrayal. Um, the, the threes come a lot yeah. in this and dad didn't talk about this. I will bring it up, but there's the part at the end uh, of the gospels where Jesus, uh, um, it, it's in the gospel of John where Jesus has been risen from the grave and he goes and he meets the disciples who are back out on the water fishing. He meets them and Peter gets out of the boat, runs straight towards him and they have breakfast. And then Jesus and Peter walk on the beach and Jesus asks him three times, Mm -hmm. do you love me? And he keeps saying, yeah, you know that I love you. You know that I do. And then he keeps calling him to something greater. He says, then feed my sheep, tend my flock. And essentially it wasn't until that moment that Jesus is able to look into Peter's eyes and say, I see you in your brokenness. I see you in your insecurities and your weaknesses. I see you even in your betrayal of me. And I'm calling you through that in your love of me to something greater. And so all that to say, I see this, this moment of, you know, Jesus washing his feet and Jesus and Peter saying, no, if you're going to wash my feet, wash all of me and all of that. It's, it's all a preparation. Mm-hmm for Jesus to call out of Peter something that he never would have called out of if Jesus or if Peter had not experienced his own brokenness and his own insufficiencies. Mm. So it's this, it's really profound when you see the love and the care that Jesus is taking, even the tough love in forcing Peter to, to come face to face with his own. Yeah his own uh insufficiencies hmm. so i don't know what was the question because that, that this is the stuff that this is the kind of stuff that that well uh, is yeah so it, it, it's good to snap it into perspective because 
when I hear stories like this, all I do is compare myself yeah. to what we're talking about. Mm. And like I said, Peter's a dude who walked on water. So what choice, what hope do I have of not be, of being an insurgent as Dave right. put it. Um, mm. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I, that's kind of where I was mentally. I was like, there's no hope for me to do that. Like, of course I would be the guy who denies Jesus, even though like I, in my mind, I love him just like yeah. Peter's mind. He was yeah. good, but uh, he still had to face his brokenness. Like you said. Yeah. I think Dave did a really good job of bringing us into that moment. He, he compared the way we often approach this, this upper runes scene and, and even just this, this season of the church calendar as more um, kind of somber, yeah, you know, or even quiet or tender. He said at one point we even change our worship music, which we do um, every year. Good Friday, it it's different than yeah. it would be mm. any other day of, of of the week, even Easter Sunday. It's it's always darker. It's always quiet. It's when we get really um, sad and deep, and we look at, at the pain and the struggle. Um, but what I don't think I ever really saw until Dave brought it to life this weekend was how that night just unraveled. Mm-hmm. How you start at the table expecting to go through the motions of the Passover, Passover, yeah, which he also explained was long and detailed and full of significance. And if if I am one of the disciples and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, it's Passover time, I would probably be like what Tyler just said. I've done this a bajillion times. It's Passover time, yeah, right. you know, for Jesus to completely upend it the way that he did in such, um, gosh, What's the word? I'm, I'm losing words right now. Um, a scandalous way yeah. for him to to disrobe, for him to get down on all fours. That's why Peter reacted the way he did. How can you do this? If you're going to do this, well, first I think he said, don't do this. And then he said, well, if you have to do this, then do all of me. Right, do, you know, right. To see Jesus in that position, no one, no one ever would have seen that coming. Yeah, right. And I think Dave did a really good job of kind of describing how how that night just unraveled with the who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom and one of you will betray me and suddenly you've gotten you who I don't know who painted the picture of the last supper but that even looks calm by comparison to what yeah yeah, yeah. what Dave described it would have actually felt like to be in that place no wonder they were exhausted when they got to the garden right right yeah yeah Oh man. So next week we're talking about the garden. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus's prayer in the garden and the disciple and specifically Peter's inability to, to stay awake. Um, yeah. Did you guys look at these questions? I tried to write them all down, but thankfully I guess I didn't have to cause they're, they're in the app. sermon notes. Um, <laughs> like you said, Tyler, you, you, whenever you hear a sermon like this, you try to put yourself in the position of whatever we're talking about. Yeah. And I think that was what Dave was trying to get us to do mm-hmm. in, in this case. He literally gave us a list of questions at the end of these sermon notes. Um, they're hypotheticals. They're what Peter probably would have been thinking, what what would have been before his eyes as he saw this play out. Um, am I full of myself? Am I capable of betraying Jesus? Could I come under the influence of Satan? We didn't, we haven't even touched on that in this yeah. pod. That was crazy. And then they saw, what was it? Satan entered into him. Yeah. Craziness. Am I strong enough to stay true to Jesus and not deny him? 
can I stand against culture and take the posture of a slave to other human beings? Am I willing to, am I willing and able to ingest (laughs) Jesus into the fiber of my being that is eat his flesh, drink his blood again, scandalous. And in so, in so doing set aside long held religious views and traditions. Yeah. Um, That list is still there. And as we're all stuck at home (laughs) with our cell phones, I'm encouraging all of us and and myself to take another look at that list. Mm -hmm. Don't just let this last Sunday go by and move on to the next Sunday. Um, But ruminate on that. Well, something I want to do, I think everybody was just like super excited that we had a chat in the live stream and on Facebook and stuff. And something I want to do is I want to, I want to do better myself. I want to do better at like guiding some of these like he had a he had a bunch of questions. Obviously, you just read them in the app. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason that chat should couldn't discuss mm-hmm. some of that stuff together. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's something that that I want to be better at. Maybe but. we ought to keep the chat open after the service a little bit, and yeah. give people a chance to discuss even there. Yeah, it's just an idea. It's a good idea. All right. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what are we gonna do? We're doing Garden of Gethsemane. Garden of Gethsemane, prayer in the garden. And then, yeah, we'll see what format that's going to take. After, I mean, <laughs> yeah. who knows what's going to happen between now and when we try to re- you know, record that or, or live stream it this weekend. But yeah, just uh, everybody, just prepare yourselves. It may not be <laughs> the, same, the same experience yeah. from week to week. It may be a different experience this weekend and next weekend. Something to think about. Something, Something to think to about. Think about. <laughs> It, it may at some point end up being, you know, me or dad or who Tim or whoever's preaching, like sitting with the camera at their house. And yeah, and that may be the way that we get a sermon here in a few weeks. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Or me worshiping in my living yeah. room. Yeah. yeah. We're going to yeah. try to do that. I love that idea. I really want to do that. Because you guys worship together. Because we do. We are the Gaffins <laughs> and we worship together. Yeah. Sorry if you don't catch that context. You have to go back to episode like whatever a yeah. long time ago to get that one. <laughs> okay. So we're in each other's presence right now. This may be the last time we're in each other's presence. The pod will go on. That's right. We will pod We're going to do it. We just may be doing it in a different Format. capacity or format yeah. moving forward so one where t- we don't have to breathe in each other's faces That's right yeah i walked in and immediately started coughing and Marin had a <laughs> conniption yeah she lost really it. really to, tyler about to suss me out she was <laughs> hollering no just kidding all right Marin, will you please do us the honors and send us out yes yes while you're washing your hands do justly love mercy and walk humbly with your god and we'll see you on the other side of sunday <laughs>